0: thing live to Kings of Non-Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Tuesday night, March the 14th, 2017. I'm Dre, he's Jay. It's time for our March Badness Picks for 2017. I've already gotten a chuckle out of Jason's team name for his brackets for the group that we joined up on Yahoo. He is calling his team, what are you calling your team Uh not going to end well.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's right. That, that's quite not, the prediction out of you. Yeah the the not going to go well bracket. All you know, <laughs> I did beat you last year. I, I did I did take yeah. the honors last year. So you, you we this is the one thing you, you we think picking football games against the spread is hard. This take this takes it all. I mean, you can have. You can have you, you have games come down to crazy shit at the end. Uh, last year, maybe I think it was the year before because I beat you last year. I think the year before, I ended up having a final four team of mine get beat in the first week by like like re- just a ridiculous like goaltending call that wasn't goaltending. It was just so ridiculous. So you never know what's actually going to happen in, in the tournament. So it, it is the one crazy. Thing, but everybody fills out a bracket. We're no different. I know jack shit about college basketball, other than the little bit of Badgers basketball that I'm subjected to here in Wisconsin, and in the, the slight amount of uh, of college basketball that I'll put on TV on a random Saturday. Now, now that we're sort of in that dead zone of of sports, you know, in between football and baseball. Um, I've, I've found a little bit of college basketball around on the TV, but not, but not enough that I consider myself knowledgeable about any of this. So that's what makes this so much fun.
0: That's right. Look, and we adhere to the, uh, to the, to the, sheet of integrity. You've heard many different people, many yes. different shows talk about multiple sheets for your pools, trying to figure out, uh, who's going to win and, and taking multiple, uh, pools taking multiple teams taking the same game and picking two different sides if you're not sure about it and say hey it's all about who gets the most points in your pool and who wins the pool that's all that really matters we don't subscribe to that here we don't know that much about college basketball but what we do know is make your damn pick make your pick stick with your pick be a man have some balls pick one winner of each game and go on to the next game. Don't be dilly dallying around and talking about. Well, I kind of like Nevada and I kind of like Iowa State, so I'm gonna have a sheet where I got one sheet where it has Nevada, the other sheet has Iowa. I say no, don't do that. That's that namby pamby bullshit. Don't do that. Have one sheet, one sheet of integrity. If it goes down in flames, it goes down in flames. But at least you made your pick. You made. You went with your gut. You went with your research, whatever combination of those things you may have gone with just pick the pick the games just pick the one game i think coming from picking the games in uh, in football as many years as, as we've done it this is the closest thing to what's so popular about the nfl is uh one of the many popular things is their playoff system where it's one and done and you get so hyped up and jacked up for that one big game and here comes the big moment and who's going to do what it takes to get that one win and that one win or go home situation. And this is in team sports in America. This is the closest we get to that is March badness, one game, win or go home, single elimination, no series, no coming back from down three, one, none of that crap. You got to go in and you got to perform your best that day or else you're going to risk getting eliminated and having your whole season ruined uh, if you don't show up. So that's what I like about it. And, And I think the similarities between picking the NFL games and picking the, the brackets is what makes it so tantalizing. And even for people like us who don't necessarily watch a lot of college basketball, it's still great to have a situation where you're looking at it and going this team versus that team. I'm going with that team. Boom. Just nothing else you have to deal with. Just make your pick, go with your gut and and, and be done with it.
1: Yeah, that's the way it should be. Just I mean, what's the, what's the point of having multiple brackets? I mean, it, it's almost as frustrating having multiple brackets as it is having, and I hate to say this because I did this this last year, but having multiple fantasy football teams. Because you're going to get screwed somewhere. Uh, you yeah. know, you're going to have, you're going to have, you always have that one league that's your, that, that that's your number one league when you're playing fantasy football. But you still never like to lose. I, I was fortunate enough that I won both leagues I was in this last year. That that felt good, you know. I won our uh, highly competitive league, <laughs> um, and I won my work league. But it's hard because you've got different players, and invariably you're going to end up in situations where your players are playing against each other, and you ne- yeah. and I never liked that. That's why I also won't like having multiple brackets because the only point of having multiple brackets is to stroke your own ego. So you can be like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah,
0: I'm right. I got it.
1: I was right. I had it.
0: That's right. Yeah. Jeep number 15 had all those pigs right there. See, I had it.
1: I told you this goes, this goes back to, if you remember back to when the, uh, the Cavaliers were in the finals with the, with the Warriors. And I called you out for uh, calling calling. Yeah. you, You basically called it both ways. (laughs) <laughs> you had both results, like you had the Cavs, but then after they were down three one, they were going into game seven, and you're like, Well, guys, uh, sorry you're not gonna make it this time. And I was like, and I actually called you out on that. I was like, wait a minute, you either way you'd be able to claim that you had it, right? And you were like, Well, you know, you kind of danced around that one, but I think I got you on that one. This reminds me of that. If you have multiple brackets because it was, it, was, it was true that what, I would have been right either way. It was also true that right. I was going to be wrong either way. So I kind of put myself out, okay. out there. But I, in that respect. But, but 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 knowing you the way I know you, you would not have focused <laughs> on the half that was wrong. Um. So that's the whole thing. You know, one bracket. I made it today. I spent. not a lot of time working on it. I actually finished it here probably in the last hour before the show, but you know what? So it's fresh in my mind. There you go. Just
0: one bracket. That's all you really need. Uh, Are we like giving out the, the bracket uh, information where we are if anyone wants to join the group, not that anyone's listening,
1: but uh, nobody cares. cares. All right. Anybody, anybody who, cares enough to pay attention is going to have our show right here to tell them, unless you're, unless you're posting your bracket on the blog. Uh, no, I,
0: I, it's, I'm not graphically uh, inclined. I'm, I'm not good <laughs> with the, the computers and trying to figure out how to, it always looked weird. It was always off center. It was always something I, I would yeah. stay up and try to slave, trying to put that thing online the right way up on our blog and they never never fit well and never looked right so no i'm not gonna uh, bother putting our brackets up uh so yeah if you really 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 need our bracket information you're gonna have to listen to this show either live or on the podcast Uh, but yeah we do have a a group on uh on the yahoo site um i don't think it's public it might be though i don't know if you if you want to go through the trouble of finding
1: us it it uh, is public um, I believe when go. I signed it up, I did sign it up as public, uh, although don't quote me on that. Well, if you want to
0: find the uh, in much less detail bracket group on Yahoo, which consists of two members at the moment, then go ahead and sign up and see if you can do better than your favorite podcast hosts. Me and Jay. Um uh, and if you want to call in with your opinions, of course, our number as always is area code 646-595-4534. Um, guess I'll give the other communication information since I don't believe I did it on our last show. Um, our blog, of course, is blog talk radio. No, our show page is blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Our blog is in much less com, where the picks will not be this year because I don't know how to put it up like that. But all our football picks are always there if you want to go back and, and look at those. Um, you can always email the show. You can send that to in Much Less detail at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. And you can follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. Uh, and you can subscribe to this show on iTunes. Just search for InMuchLessDetail the podcast and you will get this show and an after show. Uh, there's also the TuneIn app in MixCloud and player.fm, and Blueberry. Uh, If you want to find our show online, there's many different avenues to go to find it. uh, Right here on the live show page, of course, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. You can go down to the bottom of the page and find our show as a podcast after it's over and recorded and saved by the good folks at Blog Talk Radio. So with all of that out of the way, I guess it's time to actually get to these brackets. I mean, I... All the all the games that I watched, trying to get a a, a clue on these teams, and I, I watched more college basketball in the last two months uh, than I have maybe in the last five years. It, it just it, it kind of got out of control with me saving games that I thought would be interesting and watching them in the morning before I go to work, and just now finishing up my bracket. I, I basically finished it like two minutes before we we went on the air uh, maybe even a shorter time than that uh but but i'm ready i I went back i thought i had what i wanted and and sort of revised a little bit but it's still only one sheet i'm still only going with one sheet and these are our picks lock stock and barrel for the tournament uh i guess i can go with the whistle to make it official Uh, And the format that we use to go through the brackets, uh, I stole this from the Tony Kornheiser show. I say that every year. I want to make sure I give the credit uh, to pick one bracket, go all the way down the list to see if there's any upsets uh, and then go from there, go, because you you, could go game by game, but those, the first round games, there's probably, you know, one or two or maybe three, upsets that we have picked so we don't need to really get into each and every game so uh i guess i'm going to start over on the right hand side in the midwest because everyone always starts on the left hand side with the east and i just want to be a little different so jason go over to the the top right side the midwest bracket and in that first round action, go down the list and tell me if you have any upsets, any bigger seeds over the the smaller number seeds.
1: All right. let's see here. In the Midwest, I have I have four. That's half of it, right? Yeah. So I've got four four lower seeds advancing into the second round. And uh, I'm just going to end this right now. What's happening Uh right now Is not the first round. (laughs) You know what?
0: They finally caught on and changed that. Officially, I believe this is now known as the first four, these four games in Dayton, uh, the two tonight and two tomorrow uh, for these play-in games. They still won't call it what it actually is, which is play-in games, but at yeah, least they don't call games. it the first round anymore. They used to really insult you yeah. by calling it the first round, and then the the games on Thursday and Friday will be called the second round, and everybody will be like, "What are they talking
1: about?" Yeah, the second no. round the tournament just yeah. started. So I'm not. So this is our first round, okay? So yeah, I'm glad yes. they've they've that. I do see that on my TV right now. It says NCAA first four. If there's another right. rule, I'd like to propose here. You know, we don't ever talk college basketball. I would propose a rule right now that I, I find a little annoying about the first four. You should not have to play in the first four. If you are an automatic entry, you should make at large. So That's right. It's almost like, you know, you get the bye week or you get the home game or something like that. If you win your conference, if you win your conference, you should not have to play in the play-in games. I know that this is the bone that they're throwing to a lot of these really lousy conferences for getting teams in there, but I would much rather have this be, you know, higher seeded teams that are at large teams having to face off but more 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 of what you would call your bubble teams you know yeah. in an effort to get more bubble teams in drop those teams into the first four you already got 68 teams in now but if you're if you're one of the last four in you know if you if you you know if you're in the bracketology and you're sitting there and you're one of the last four in you should be playing in the play in games that's just my uh, that's just my two cents there
0: you owe joe leonardi more than two cents for using the term bracketology i think every time you use the term you owe him money i believe oh. I, uh, you know, I'm
1: gonna I'm just gonna put myself totally in the hole here and say three-peat. Oh Pat Riley is looking for your yeah. ass. That's right. So yeah, we're gonna call it a a, bra- a bracketology three-peat.
0: <laughs> I've always kind of meant to go and look to see if that that SWAT conference, that's Southwestern Athletic Conference, that's mostly uh I think it's all like historically black colleges down in, in Texas, down South somewhere. I think they're in that first four or play in round every single year. And they went, it's the, it's the conference champion, because obviously they don't get it at large, but to, to, to denigrate them and make them into that. One of those two 16 C play in teams uh, every single year, uh, or one of those four, I guess. I mean, it's it's unfair in, in the respect that how, what what can they do? What can they possibly do to prove that they don't deserve to be in the in those playing games? There's nothing they could do. They could sweep their conference and win the tournament and have a 32 and two record going into the to the big dance. And they're still going to be deemed one of those first four teams, one of those playing teams, because it's the SWAT conference. And with your idea, winning a conference would automatically get them out of that scenario. I don't have a problem with that uh, because there's nothing they can do. They can, they're can they going to – whoever wins that conference every year will automatically be deemed one of the lower seeds, one of the play-in seeds, because there's absolutely – you're going into each and every tournament saying the SWAC conference winner has got to be one of the four worst teams in the field because they won the SWAC. And automatically, therefore. are four. They're, they're going to be in in, in this in this playing game i think they're probably in that those playing games every single year whoever wins that conference so yeah there's got to be a way to sort of break that cycle uh because i don't that, that's not compelling to me i don't want to watch that game i don't know who would want to watch that game uh, it's obviously only being done for for ratings and uh to try to gin up some interest in the few in a couple of days before the actual tournament begins so yeah anything to juice that up is fine by me i, I have no problem with that Anyway, back to your
1: your four upsets in the Midwest. Yes, four upsets in the Midwest in the first round. Uh, I I always hesitate to call an 8-9 matchup an upset, but I do have Michigan State uh, beating Miami. I have Rhode Island taking out Creighton. I have Iona beating Oregon. And I have Oklahoma State beating Michigan. um. I
0: hesitate to ask your, your uh, reasoning for those upsets because it usually boils down to, well, I had a hunch, Uh, but was there, by the way, we we actually didn't cover this part either. I always ask the ceremonial question before we get started of exactly
1: how much college basketball did you watch this year? Uh, Maybe a few hours. Okay. (laughs) Maybe a few hours. Like I said, mostly Wisconsin, but it was a few hours nonetheless. There you have it. Uh,
0: So Michigan State, just because they're Michigan State, and and Sparty always rises, right? That's correct. They always Uh, do. Rhode Island over Creighton.
1: Yeah, I actually watched a little bit of Rhode Island uh, during the uh, conference uh, conference championships. I saw that. Um, Also, uh, Creighton's a bit beat up. So Creighton uh, is a nice team. But they're you beat up, so I've got Rhode Island. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, you know, and I do I do have coworkers at my work that talk a little bit of college basketball, so I do get some of this through osmosis. Um, okay. But the Creighton, Creighton, you know, and Creighton, I always remember Creighton back from the old, oh, boy, uh, back when they were in the, uh, was that conference? It wasn't Conference USA, was it? With, with SIU and those teams, you know, when Southern Illinois was back in those days. I think Creighton yeah, may was, have been in Conference Even older than, than that. Yeah, oh, I forget what, um, the, what the conference was, but yeah, way back in the yeah. '80s. So it was refreshing to see them in the tournament because um, I remember, you know, for back in the day, Creighton was always highly competitive. But yeah, a little uh, beat up. They're beat up, um, and I liked what I saw to Ro- 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 and Rhode Island. Uh, consequently, um, hits hits some outside shots. They they hit a lot of lot of deep stuff when I was watching their games. So. There you go. Same thing with Oregon. Uh, Oregon's ripe for the upset because, like, one of their best players just like blew out his Achilles or something like that, or blew out his ACL. So, a lot of injuries. Bouche, yeah, that would be. So, a lot of injuries here that I'm finding some teams here ripe for the upsets. There you go, Jay breaking it down.
0: I always get scared when you get into some information and break it down. That means you know a little more than you're letting on. You're, you're playing that role of, I only watched a few hours, but then you're breaking out the, the the news and the injury reports. So you're, as always, you're getting a little more in there than than you're, than you're kind of letting on there. Uh, Yeah, Miami and Michigan State, I think, is going to be uh, interesting, that 8-9 matchup. I actually got Miami in that one uh, because I think their stout D should snuff out young Sparty, their, their little... Uh, inexperienced as to go around. That's why they hadn't played very well the first half of the year. Um, Nevada over Iowa State isn't upset as a 12-5. I'm, um, you know, the 12-5s are – you obviously got to have one or two. Uh, so that's one of mine is uh, is Nevada knocking off uh, the, the Cyclones of Iowa State. They they don't contest shots that, from what I've watched. Iowa State don't – they don't like to contest a lot of shots, and that's not a good sign. And they're playing an offense that shoots a lot – um, and, and Iowa State shooters, uh, they may freeze up in a shootout. Uh, Nevada's gonna there, there's gonna be a lot of points in that game. Nevada scores a lot and I think they're gonna outscore and outshoot Iowa State. Uh, 13 seed Vermont over number four Purdue is an upset that I'm going with and that's uh, maybe some big Ten hate coming in for me that, that now Vermont I that that's one of those that I watched Vermont over the uh, the conference title games weekend and I was impressed by them. They're a real team. They actually play together like a like a team is supposed to. Purdue should be a real team. They have the talent, but instead of going through Caleb Swanigan, they don't run their offense through their big guy Swanigan. They just jack a lot of threes. And I think Vermont is actually going to play better team ball and and upset Purdue and knock them off. Uh Oklahoma State over Michigan, that's an upset. That's a 10-7. Um if Michigan's uh big guys wanted to take Oklahoma State's less athletic big guys and, and sort of muscle them around. I'd take Michigan. Michigan had that huge run through the uh, Big Ten tournament after the plane almost flew off the runway. Somehow they gathered together and were, were, was able to win the Big Ten title. Um, Michigan's soft in the middle, though. They, they're not going to have the bigs to to do what they need to do in the middle, and Oklahoma State's going to take advantage and and win that game. So that's my uh, upset. So I guess that'd be three in the first round for me. So... Then we go from there and extend out Uh, your second round matchup would be the top seed Kansas against Sparty, Michigan state. So who you got in that
1: one? Oh, no, I've got, I've got Kansas, uh, Kansas over Michigan state. That's a, it's a, it's not your normal seating for Michigan state. So a little early for them to, to have to get into a one type scenario. Usually they, have they get a little deeper because they're usually a higher seeded team than this? So, going that eight nine game is never where you really want to be because that means if you win, you know, historically the odds are oh, 100% that you're going to play the number one seed in the second round. So, but the Michigan State runs into Kansas, I don't think they get past that. Um, I have Purdue going over Iowa State, so I have Purdue getting a little farther in this tournament than you do. I actually. I, I kind of like Purdue here. Um, um, they did win the Big Ten, although they didn't really represent very well in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but I don't think this. Sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see teams that already they kind of know they're in, and they 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 take a they take a nap during the uh, during the conference championship. And yeah, maybe it hurts them by a seed, but you you do see this a lot. Where the where the clearly most dominant team where the best team in a conference just sort of just goes to sleep and doesn't really care too much about their – Well, Kansas – So I do like –
0: Kansas themselves did that. They benched their best player because of a bar fight he got in with a girl or something like that, and they wind up losing (laughs) in the first round of their conference tournament. See how much it really hurt them. They're still the number one seed in the Midwest.
1: They're a number one. I mean, though, could they have been a number one overall seed? Could they be in the Villanova seat? We don't know, um, but you never really, you know, but still overall they're a number one seed. So I've got Purdue yeah. going over Iowa State. I've got my awesome 11-14 matchup here in the <laughs> uh, my upset bracket. So I've got Rhode Island going in over Iona, and then I've got Louisville taking out Oklahoma State. Uh,
0: in my second round, um, I've got, Kansas, of course, the more talented team over Miami. That's not a big surprise there. My upset uh, bracket is a, is a little earlier than yours up there. I got 12 Nevada and 13 Vermont playing against each yep. other, and I'm taking taking Vermont to make the Sweet 16. I think they stay poised uh, throughout Nevada's scoring outbursts, and I think they use a trapping press to sort of create turnovers and, and wind up coming out on top at the end of that one. Um Creighton and Oregon. I've uh, got Oregon, the three moving on. Uh, if Creighton had their, uh, there's th- 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 back to the injuries you're talking about who's beat up. Creighton uh, has a really dynamic point guard, Mo Watson, uh, and, and he's not there. He's hurt himself. If they had him to go sort of turbo style with Dylan Brooks in Oregon, that'd be a battle, uh, but he's not going to be there, and I think they're going to really miss him at that point. So I have Oregon moving on, and I also have Louisville with you over uh uh, you have them over Michigan, I have them over Oklahoma State. Louisville's much deeper, so they yeah. move on. So, your Sweet 16 battle
1: Kansas versus Purdue, Kansas and Purdue. And you no, know, I do actually have Louisville over Oklahoma State, I believe, same as you. Yep, yep, okay. Oklahoma oh, did, State, that was my you, fourth. Yeah, the, I had that one. Okay, I thought yep, you picked my Michigan over. Uh, over Oklahoma well, State. That was my, in my big, first round. That was my big ten hate. That was my big ten hate you called on. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> um yeah, I, I watched that uh conference championship with uh Wisconsin and Michigan. I, I didn't see that much for Michigan to make me think that they were going anywhere, especially going into that, I believe, is the eighth seed in the yeah. big ten. You know, yeah, so yeah, great job guys. You're 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 gone. Um Yay. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've actually got, uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm setting up here in, uh, elite eight matchup here, um, between Purdue and Louisville. Wow. So I have Purdue knocking off Kansas. So a little big 10 love.
0: A lot of big 10 love. That, that would, uh, that would be very surprising to me. I, I thought Purdue was very sort of underwhelming all year long. Obviously and I'm picking them to lose in the first
1: round. <laughs> yeah. They, they shoot really well, and you're right. They, they are too big of a team to shoot, but they do rebound really well, too. So that's a team that can, you know, not, there's nothing wrong with having that sort of inside-outside thing going. And what you do find a lot of times with these teams is sometimes, you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. All you got to do is get to a game, and if you can knock down and get hot and get a bunch of threes to fall, you know, you can you can really uh make it a rough day for, for a better team. So I'm I'm actually gonna it's not like this is a crazy a crazy upset. This is a four-one matchup here. So I've got Kansas uh getting knocked off by Purdue and Louisville taking out my Cinderella Rhode Island squad.
0: And I have Kansas knocking out my Cinderella Vermont squad to make it to the Elite A dead. That- regional is in kansas city missouri so kansas that, that, that's almost unfair so in K.C., the cinderella dream will end um i also have louisville in the elite eight as you do i have them over oregon and what should be a high-flying race that'd be a great game to watch i think louisville can go cardio wise with with anyone from what i saw they can just go up and down with any team in the nation and i think they outlast oregon so your Elite eight matchup to get to the final four to win the Midwest region,
1: the Boilermakers or the Cardinals. I'm going with Louisville to make it to the final four.
0: Too big, too deep. Right. There you go. That, that's all you need to know. I was about to ask how
1: much Louisville did you watch this year? That I, what I did see, they're really good. Yeah. In an, in <laughs> another go. year, in another year. Uh, this could easily be a number one seed. I mean, th- this is a really good Louisville squad. I mean, they they did, but, you know, you look at their record, you know, and this is always what's tricky with college basketball because, you know, 24-8, oh, wow, you know, you could have a team like Gonzaga that, you know, lost, what, like two games or three, you know, some crazy thing like that. You go, oh, they can't be that good. It's a long season, you know. Nobody wins them all. And wait a minute. The tournament it's Middle just one Tennessee, and
0: done. Middle Tennessee and Wichita State were both 30 and 4 this year. They must be much better.
1: Oh, of course. So no. <laughs> <laughs> uh I do like Louisville here, especially if my if Purdue docks off Kansas. But even if Kansas would move on to that matchup, they you know that's chalk. That's a one-two matchup. I I still have uh, Louisville. I do a lot of times start with these a little bit, almost backwards, you know, where I like, I kind of have an idea, look at each bracket and kind of find my final four team. And then I just make my bracket to get that team there. Um, yeah, Louisville was one of those teams that I had in the final four. Yeah. I've
0: done that many times before. I did not do it this, this year because I thought there were so many teams that were in, in that, in that top 10 any of those teams can win it as far as I'm concerned. So I just kind of wanted to take it one step at a time and see who I had emerging uh, at the end because they're all so, so talented and so good. Um, And my little messing around with the upsets early on, I wind up with one-two Kansas versus Louisville, and I'm going to go with the number one seed, Kansas. Jayhawks to win the Midwest Division. Uh, Two flawed teams. You were kind of mentioning Louisville's record at 24 and eight, not all that impressive for a two seed Kansas at 28 and four, much more impressive yet. They still sort of showed signs during the season of sort of not being as completely, uh, in sync as they could be. And obviously that first round loss in the conference tournament really makes them look bad, but they were missing, uh, Josh Jackson, uh, But two flawed teams, but uh, elite athletes up and down both rosters. Kansas plays like, when they're on, they play like they belong up there at the top, and they know it. They belong as one of the best teams in the nation. They act like it. They play like it. Frank Mason doesn't back down from any moment, and I think they're just going to overcome Louisville with with sort of their poise and their confidence. Uh, So I have the Jayhawks moving on in the Midwest. Going down to the south, down on your sheet and down in geography to the South bracket in the first round, any bigger seed upsets over the smaller
1: number seeds. I have three in the South, so not not as upset heavy in the South. Again, it's so hard to call this an upset, but I've got number nine Seton Hall um, beating Arkansas. So I do have your your aforementioned Middle Tennessee State taking out the uh, Golden Gophers up here in Minnesota. And I have Wichita State knocking off Dayton. Uh,
0: did you have you had Seton
1: Hall the nine over Arkansas? I have Seton Hall, Middle Tennessee State, and Wichita yeah. State as my lower seeds moving on. All
0: right. No, if I was hearing it right, I, I thought you said you had the nine seed, and then you said you had Arkansas, but no, you said you had Seton Hall. Seton Hall. It's funny, these, uh, we, we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, and the rust gets there quickly. Uh, after we do our, our two shows a week during the football season, it's uh, you take a couple of weeks off and do this March Badness. I remember stumbling and bumbling through all the other March Badness shows as well because we haven't done this in a while. So it's kind of, you know. I'm hustling through to try to get my my brackets done and then the show starts and then I'm sort of like ah so it's funny how <laughs> it doesn't take long me to, to to completely get off kilter uh by the way we're not going to get this in in the one hour live and I don't care because no one listens live anyway. So fuck it. I'm not even going to bother when it gets to one hour acknowledging it. We're just going right through. Uh, and when we finish, it'll be past one hour and that's fine. So, because everyone, those who listen all you wonderful people in Australia and Kuala Lumpur and wherever else the people listen, uh, we know that you're all listening on podcasts, which is perfectly fine. We're thrilled that anyone listens uh, for any reason uh, in any part of the globe whatsoever. So Uh, So that's the one thing I'm not going to bother trying to squeeze in the last brackets within an hour because no one's listening live anyway. Uh, Upsets in the first round in the South region. Um, Yeah, Seton Hall and Arkansas, I I don't have the upset. I I have Arkansas winning that, but but that's going to be interesting because that's one of those games where two big men, are going to sort of shake the the Richter scale and clash. Moses Kingsley for Arkansas against Angel Delgado for Seton Hall. It's going to be a collision. I think Arkansas is more talented overall. Uh, Middle Tennessee over Minnesota, 12-5 upset. I'm right with you, brother. I got Middle Tennessee. I watched them. Uh, There's another big man clash. Uh, Ja'Cory Williams is a big man transfer into Middle Tennessee. He plays like he sort of belongs on uh, on a bigger stage at a bigger school. Um, and He's trying not to get his shot blocked by Reggie Lynch of Minnesota because that guy likes to block everything. Uh, but Minnesota's bigs don't finish at the rim. And that team sort of seemed like they got tight. Every time I watched the the, the Golden Gophers, uh, little Richie Patino's team, I was trying to glean something off of them to see where they are and how talented they are. They're not used to being there at the end of games, you can tell because they sort of tighten up when anyone's playing them tough. I think they're going to tighten up so bad and and Middle Tennessee is going to overtake them and, and win that game. So I got that along with you. Um, and I wanted to bring up Dayton and Wichita State, which is not uh, one of my upset picks either. Uh, Dayton is a seven. I have them over Wichita State. But it's interesting. That's like the big upset that everyone is picking. Everyone says Wichita State got screwed. They're 30 and four. They're so much better than a 10 seed. Uh, 10 isn't even the number. When you look at them, that's that's more shocking. The, the fact that they're, uh, see what I did, they're more shocking with the Shockers. Uh, 10 as a seed is less shocking to me than the number 19. 19 is what Wichita State is ranked. That's the number 19 team in the in the league in the in the country uh in the AP poll in the most recent poll that was just done uh this past Monday yesterday after the uh, the tournament brackets were made they were ranked 19th in the country yet they only got a 10 seed in the tournament which seems like that's just by math by logic just doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. So everyone's saying that Wichita State is going to just rip off and, and destroy Dayton and show everybody what a big mistake it was to, to make them a 10 seed. And I'm going to take Dayton to win that game. They play tough and physical. is a little soft, and Dayton's got the experienced advantage. Uh, veteran team, senior team. I'm actually going to take Dayton in that game. Everyone is taking Wichita State. Everybody. I mean, everybody. And, and I can't I can't do that. And the other game I kind of want to watch is the 215, which is Kentucky against Northern Kentucky. I watched Northern Kentucky win their conference. That's an interesting team too. I don't think they're going to get blown out at all by Kentucky. I think that's their chance to show, you know, to show Kentucky, hey, we're in your state. We're obviously not as talented as you guys, but we're about to give you a game and we're about to show you what we're made of. This is their Super Bowl, you know, again, with the single elimination, you only get one chance. You know, I'm going to break out into an m M&M song here. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. But, so that's Northern Kentucky's chance. So I, I, if we're doing point spreads and Northern Kentucky's a big underdog, and I'm pretty sure they are, I would take those points. I think Northern Kentucky's going to give Kentucky a, a nice game, although I have Kentucky winning uh, ultimately. Uh, so into the Sweet 16, you would have uh, North Carolina taking on Seton Hall for the right to get to the Sweet 16. So, uh that side of the bracket, what uh, what you got going on down
1: there? Yeah, it's, this is where I've got moving on. I've got North Carolina moving on. I mean, Seton Hall, that eight nine, again, that 8-9 matchup, that's a buzzsaw. And you don't usually see ones out in the first weekend. And I, it, this just isn't the matchup where I think it's going to happen. North Carolina is too good. North Carolina moves on. I've got Middle Tennessee State going a little Cinderella here, taking out Butler. Yeah. And uh, I've got Cincinnati over UCLA in a minor upset. Kentucky taking care of business against Wichita State. I'm rooting for the Middle Tennessee upset over Butler, even though I'm
0: picking Butler over Middle Tennessee. Oh, you chicken. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I like Middle Tennessee. I think they're a pretty good team. But uh, Butler... uh, I was watching those games. There's going to be a lot of hustle, I'll tell you, on both sides, Butler and Middle Tennessee. Uh, one thing they like to do is both hustle a lot. Um, and Middle Tennessee, I, I saw them sort of switching defense a lot to sort of confuse their opponents that go from zone to man, back to zone or whatever. But Butler is so fundamentally sound, they don't make mistakes. I, I think Butler's going to sort of overcome them with, with fundamentals and, and sort of beat them that way. Um, UNC over Arkansas, I'm I'm with you uh, with North Carolina. When the Hogs sort of panic and start jacking up threes, it's going to get ugly. Uh, They're in Greenville, South Carolina. That's, uh, again, almost unfair to have some of these regionals where the the higher-ranked or higher-seeded teams got such a huge home-court advantage because they're so close to home. So uh, Arkansas to knock off North Carolina in Greenville, South Carolina – not not gonna happen not a chance uh ucla over cincinnati you have uh cincinnati beating ucla uh, what do you think of ucla that that's a, that would be a pretty major upset because everyone's talking about lonzo ball the big freshman star for ucla but you got cincinnati taking him down
1: yeah this is actually for me this is more cincinnati love than ucla i hate um for whatever reason, Cincinnati is one of those teams that I've s i have actually whatever it seemed like there was a game on, I was watching Cincinnati play. And Cincinnati um is almost big almost like Big Ten in the way that they play defense. I mean, this is a team that just They're goes running. out and just shuts people. They shut you down. Um so I'm I'm just looking for them to sort of annoy the living hell out of UCLA in this game. And uh sort of grind out an upset. Um sometimes you get these teams, especially these super high these high flying teams like UCLA, these come on they're averaging averaging over 90 points a game. Yeah. There's there's NBA teams that might not average over 90 points a game. <laughs> and these guys are doing it in, you know, a lot less time per game. Um it, but you get these teams especially and Cincinnati is a very efficient team on defense. They may be the best team, um, in this tournament defensively. And I like that, you know, again, we talk about, you know, we talk about the ranking and they're the number 18 team in the country. So 18 playing eight wouldn't be a huge upset if eighteen won. So it looks like an upset, a huge upset on paper. Um, but I don't see it that way. I think Cincinnati, um, it's a really good team, and again, they're only a game off in the standings. And either you know, either way, they're only uh, you know twenty nine and five versus uh, twenty nine and four. So overall, this is, I think, a lot closer matchup than people think. I'm going with defense over offense here.
0: And I can't do this every time you do it during the show, but you're you're breaking out with the defensive metrics and the stats and the seedings and the rankings. And I can't do this Sorry. every time you go to the num Every time you go to the numbers, but I have to do it. When you go to the numbers, it's just, whoa! (laughs) Jason, with the stats, with the college basketball metrics, I love it. Uh, Yeah, I I absolutely cannot deny how rugged Cincinnati plays defensively, and, and UCLA is not going to have an easy time of it, but I can't ignore the other side of the ball, and The whole reason I'm picking UCLA over Cincinnati in that particular game is Cincinnati's not creative on offense at all. They have the green light to jack whether they can shoot or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, So they got a deep team. They run a whole lot of guys in and out, and they're all getting there trying to get their shot in and trying to jack up their shot. A lot of them can't shoot. That's a really bad sign. We have a team that loves to shoot but actually can't shoot, and I think that's going to be Cincinnati's downfall. So that's why I take UCLA over them. Um going into the regionals down here in Memphis, the South regionals in Memphis, Tennessee. I have not committed to going out there to watching any of this action, but I reserve the right to make my way down to FedEx Forum. I may have to check some of this out. You have North Carolina against middle Tennessee state in a sweet 16 matchup. Where are you going on that one?
1: Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing is with a lot of these Cinderella teams is they. This is usually where it ends. So I've got North Carolina here. Um, uh, it, it, again, I'm 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 giving some love. I've got a matchup here between North Carolina and Cincinnati for a trip to the Final Four. Yeah,
0: hell of a game. I, I I might have to get out there just for that one if it winds up being Carolina and Cincinnati. If it winds up being Carolina and UCLA, which is what I'm picking, I really might have to get out there for that one because that would really be a hell of a fight. Um, I have UNC uh, against Butler in that Sweet Sixteen matchup, and of course North Carolina going over there. The difference in, in caliber of athlete, I think, will be stark if the the heels play against Butler's. So that's just going to be, you know, a bunch of really top-notch athletes against the Butler Bulldogs. I think that might get ugly. And I've got UCLA to knock off Kentucky here. The Cats are going to be octane fast, uh, as they have been all year. But, man, that is some matchup, too. If it's those freshman guards for Kentucky, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk against Lonzo Ball, it's going to be a blur. Both the, both those guys, both those teams can go up and down in a hurry uh actually i don't think kentucky's all that talented in the front court this year uh they, they got some shot blockers but i don't think they have a lot of real good basketball players so i think a, a zone D can sort of slow down their octane fast offense at ucla they i saw them play a sort of a long zone d with lonzo ball at the top of the zone that's pretty formidable when you got a 6-5 swing man at the top of the zone with his arms So the Inspector Gadget arms getting in the way of your your passes. So I actually think UCLA's defense uh, helps them come out on top there. Uh, So for the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four from Memphis, you have North Carolina against Cincinnati. Do you have the Bearcats run
1: going all the way to the Final Four? I do. Ooh. So I have the uh, right side of my bracket, for a trip to the championship game coming up, Louisville versus Cincinnati. So you talked about Cincinnati.
0: How much North Carolina did you watch? Do you uh, do you have a, a read on them?
1: I mean, they're, st- they're still that they're, they're not that different from the team that made it all the way to the end last year. I mean, to be, so. Sometimes you've got that team, especially losing the way they lost last year in the final. I mean, th- mm. You're on a mission, but I think it takes so much out of you trying to get back there that this could be, that they're running into a team, I think it's easier for them to get back if they don't have to play a team like Cincinnati. If they can avoid playing defensive teams, really good defensive teams, which means no Minnesota. No, Cincinnati. I think North Carolina has the clear shot to get back to the Final Four. I think the worst thing that could happen to North Carolina, if you're that team that's on a mission, is you get that team that comes in and just frustrates the hell out of you, and then you start getting that. Oh no, here we go again. You know, are are we going to be able to overcome this? And I mean, if it by chance North Carolina ends up having to play both of those teams, because those are the two best defensive teams in that side of the bracket, with Minnesota and Cincinnati. Um, But I've got Minnesota, same as you, getting knocked off right off the bat. Um, And then I've got Cincinnati getting all the way to the end. So I think that just sort of does North Carolina in. It's really hard to get back. Yeah, it
0: is. Uh, And from what I've seen of North Carolina this year, passing the ball to create looks for, for good shots. That's not their strong suit. You know how teams sort of whip the ball around and it, and it looks really cute. And it's, you know, you got the sweet Georgia Brown music going in your head and you're like, Hey, they're really popping that thing around. And it looks really pretty. Eventually when the shot cloud is winding down, you have to pass the ball to put guys in position to, to score. They don't seem to do that all that well. There, there's a lot of talk about uh, Joel Berry as a elite point guard and Matt player of the year and they don't really strike me as a team that's really cohesive in that respect to really put guys in position to score they're sort of doing a lot of one-on-one action when the shot clock's winding down and their their bigs can get over aggressive uh, trying to chase down uh, an elite athlete on the other side an elite athlete kind of like Lonzo Ball of UCLA I also have North Carolina losing in the Elite Eight. And and, and I have UCLA actually coming through and, and going all the way to the Final Four. As Lonzo ball's going to do one of those Danny Manning-type deals uh, where he just kind of takes the team on his back and goes all the way as far as he can possibly go. Uh, so I actually have him as, as a 3C making a run all the way to the Final Four. So you got the Bearcats uh, in an upset out of that field, and I've got uh, the Bruins of UCLA. Interesting. How neither one of us have North Carolina fighting through and getting
1: back to the Final Four after uh, the the crushing loss last year to Villanova. Yeah, it's not easy to do. It's just it's just not, especially losing the way they lost. Uh, over on the left side of the
0: bracket, up east, any upsets down in the first round,
1: any higher seeds beating the lower number seeds. In the east, uh, let's see here. I've got one, two. I've only got two. I'm, I'm getting less and less as we move through the brackets. You seem to picked all my upsets on, on the other side of the bracket there. So, uh, let's see. I've got UNC Wilmington uh, knocking out Virginia, and I have Marquette taking out South Carolina, and that's it. I, I flirted with the idea, flirted with the idea of taking um Virginia Tech to beat Wisconsin you know like you know I love to take Wisconsin to get knocked out early all the time yep. and they've sort of bit me in the ass the last few years of doing that. this was the one that would have been the one I think um except when I really broke down and kind of made my pick on this one and broke down that matchup is Wisconsin can beat perimeter teams and it, because they do t- they, they, Wisconsin has a strength they play a lot of defense and you've got to muscle these guys out. You know, you've really gotta beat these guys up, get down in the paint and be physical with them. Sort of match, you know, physical on physical with Wisconsin. Virginia Tech, that that's a finesse team that's gonna to try to just beat Wisconsin jacking three balls, Wisconsin will uh, will beat them. So
0: we we see that game happening going down in the exact same style. It's a style clash of Wisconsin yep. sort of you know powerful and, and strong. Sort of big 10 style against Virginia Tech, trying to sort of run and gun and jack it up. Um, but that's my one and only one uh upset pick of the first round in the east, and that's the, that's a nine over an eight, so that's you know the, the least of an upset you could possibly get. But I actually have Virginia Tech sort of running Wisconsin to death because they're so slow and unathletic. Oh my god, every time I watched them this year, I was like, holy crap, that is some. That is the slowest team of black people I've ever seen. They got they can't run for nothing. Uh, and and I think Virginia Tech's going to run them out of there and and, and win that game. Uh, but, yeah, we, we see that happening uh, in a in very similar fashion. Marquette over South Carolina interested me. Uh, that's another team in your home, in your state up there, Wisconsin, Marquette. So I, yeah. I don't know how much of them that you got to watch this year.
1: Marquette's always tough. I mean that, that that's the one thing is that that's a team that when they get to the tournament, when it happens, they're a pretty solid team. Um, so, just sort of going on some history there um, for Marquette. Nothing other than that. Not even taking the home state thing going on here. So, and uh, I think I'm not I'm knocking Virginia out just because they fucked me so bad last year. I <laughs> I just love another- them gone. It's another popular upset pick it's
0: another it's first of all this 12-5 and second of all unc wilmington is one of those schools that people think is you know a, just a, a hair below those sort of mid-majors is one of those teams that's next in line to be one of the great mid-majors that explodes and has yeah. uh, a perennial success like uh uh gonzaga like butler like uh yeah Wichita State, sort of in that same vein. So, twenty nine and five is is an impressive record. Uh, But I I get Virginia uh, advancing in that one. Uh, That annoying defense is no picnic. So,
1: yeah, you know. But there's sort of, you know, as much as I was touting defense with Cincinnati, Virginia is sort of the opposite. Virginia gives up no points. They also score (laughs) no points. Where this is a really bad matchup in the first round. This is this is a matchup where I mean, you got UNC Wilmington. Let, let me let me bring this up here 93 really? points a game for UNC Wilmington, <laughs> yeah, Virginia, and Virginia World, uh, as a five seed. Let, let's let's all talk about the 10 seed. Um, was that which which team was that we were just talking about? Was that Wichita oh, State? Wichita State, so
0: the ten seed. Wichita the, the 19th State with the nineteen seed
1: in the country. Although you have Virginia here as a five seed, a ten loss. By the way, a ten loss, yeah. five seed. So you want to talk about ripe for the plucking? Um, I think Virginia is ripe for the plucking.
0: Yeah, they they very well may, may be. Uh, and Wilmington's uh, press defense that forces turnovers and gets them a lot of those points is being praised. So uh, Virginia better watch out. They they very well may get knocked off. I'm going to take Virginia because they're so annoying and they're sort of better tested against a lot better competition. Those 10 losses are uh, mostly against really quality teams. Uh, But, yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, matchup to watch. Um, And as far as Marquette goes, I I, I watched them – they are so grindy and hustly and scrappy, and they're just like their coach uh, Wojciechowski uh, from Duke. And they, they play like him. And you know what What else they resemble of as far as Coach Wojciech goes? They're also short and weak. And so I think South Carolina is going to muscle right through them. And once again, another sort of home state, hometown seating deal as well. Because that game's in Greenville, South Carolina as well, and that is so unfair to Marquette. I would consider maybe taking Marquette if it wasn't right there in South Carolina's backyard, but that should be a home game for South Carolina. Although, if anyone would sort of buck up against the odds and grind out a victory, it would be uh, Steve Wojciechowski's uh, Marquette team, but I'm, I'm going to take South Carolina in that one. Uh, hmm. In the... Uh, in the next round to get to the Sweet 16, that puts you with Villanova, Wisconsin, uh, to start that bracket off. So, how uh, you got the Sweet 16 shaken down? Yeah, no,
1: I've, yeah, I've got Villanova White walking right through Wisconsin. They Wisconsin, whoever with again, that eight nine matchup, forget it. That's death. So, Villanova walks right through them. I do, I, I've got UNC Wilmington as my sort of, uh, Cinderella out of that Mm. side of the bracket. So I've got UNC Wilmington. um, And then I'm also setting up a matchup in the bottom half of that bracket here between SMU and Duke. That'll be a good game. So Villanova against the Cinderella, UNC Wilmington team. SMU over Baylor. Duke over Marquette. Setting up SMU-Duke. Good job.
0: I'm looking at uh, uh, SMU. As you have them uh, knocking off Baylor, did you did you see uh, SMU play this year, the Southern Methodist uh, University? Because that's I didn't, I didn't I didn't quite know what to make of them when I saw them. Uh, they're basically like a bunch yeah. of like mid sized athletes, sort of running up and down with no direction at all. Is is what they struck me
1: as. There's nobody really big. Yeah. On that team, it's just, they just it's
0: like a, it's just a collection of 6 news.
1: Yeah, that's what I that's in the limited amount that I saw for a team that won as many games as they won. Uh, basically, it's just a bunch of guys who go out and score. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's not really a big game plan there,
0: and I'm not the biggest Baylor fan, but I, I have them beating. Uh, because Baylor zone uh, defense pack in the paint should confuse a, a bunch of unrefined athletes in SMU. They they strike me as a, as a team that's probably never seen a good zone defense before. A good team playing a, a confusing style defense. They're probably going to look at each other and go, "Ah, what what do we do? I, I don't know. What I, I don't I don't know what they. I don't know how they won all those games. Basically, I, I didn't watch all their games, but. You know, who are these guys and where'd they find them? Um, so I, I also have Villanova advancing uh, to go to the Sweet 16. I have them beating Virginia Tech. Uh, Florida and uh, Virginia, I've got Florida going on. You have UNC Wilmington as your Cinderella knocking off Florida. Uh, Florida, th- it's, that's a style clash. If Virginia does beat UNC Wilmington, and take that slow, methodical offense uh, against uh, Florida. Florida has to get into a track meet every game that they're playing to sort of take the focus off of how weak they are. They're not a very strong team either. Uh, But that one, uh, again, with the home field sort of deal, that's in Orlando, Virginia. I have Florida uh, getting over Virginia's slow and deliberate pace uh, in Orlando, sort of getting the crowd behind them and, and getting out and running and and being able to run past virginia uh the thing about virginia they don't have an explosive offense to sort of unconstipate themselves when they do bog down in their offense they don't really have anyone you know malcolm brogdon is is not exactly lebron james but he was good enough to sort of unclog them a little bit last year He's not even there anymore. He's in the NBA. They don't even have someone as good as Malcolm Brogdon right now to sort of get that offense flowing when it gets bogged down. So I think Florida's going to bog them down and and run past them. Uh, Duke in in, uh, South Carolina, you have uh, Marquette down there and you have Duke beating Marquette. I have Duke as well uh, advancing on. Um, Duke is always, you know, a lightning rod it seems like they just go out and how do you consistently recruit the biggest jags in the in the world in the in the country and get them to your school it seems like duke just all the time every year have guys that you just hate them because they're such assholes this grace and allen kid running around tripping everybody jeez and so once again the, the greatest moment of the tournament is going to come when Duke gets knocked off and we're all going to cheer and be happy about
1: that. But the, the question is, I guess, when exactly is that going to happen? I would love for that to be like right away in the first game. wouldn't? That would just yeah. be sweet, but that is a good team. I mean, they're always a good team. Yeah. I would love to see Troy, Jump up and beat Duke, and and we do, and every once in a while we do get the old two fifteen matchup. You know, where, where the two seed wins. It doesn't happen much, but I don't think it's going to be in this one. Duke is just a little too talented, and for that, th- to that's happen. in South Carolina, that region, that, that those first two games. Yeah, again with
0: the home court advantage, so unfair. I mean, and they're in the uh, sorry, so. That's right. Some of these regionals are I'm confusing. Yeah. Uh, some of these regionals are confusing just because you got s- some of these games in Sacramento are not for the West region. Some of them are for the Midwest uh, and, and one ends for the South Sacramento. The games in Sacramento, one set of games is for the Midwest region, but another set of games is for the South region. So it's not, even; it doesn't even go in the same region which really confuses me as to why they will put games in 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 a in one site that kind of split off into two different regions like that. I there's I don't make any rhyme or reason around some of these decisions that the NCAA makes with some of these these games. I don't I don't
1: get it at all. Yeah, I mean you you'd almost rather end up thinking that it's neutral sites, but it really isn't.
0: No two of these games in the West when we get to that are, are going to be uh, played in Buffalo and two others are going to be played in yeah. Orlando. What the, what the hell is that? I don't know. I don't That's know. a joke. That's what that is. Well said. All right. Uh, in the sweet 16, your Cinderella UNC Wilmington against last year's champion Villanova. Does the dream end there?
1: Yeah, this is this is this is that bracket here in the East for me that somehow just ends up being chalk. So I've just got Villanova and Duke in the Elite Eight. So all that other stuff that happened underneath, it's gonna be the one-two matchup.
0: Yeah, that's how that's how it works sometimes. Um I've got Villanova knocking off Uh, I have Florida against Villanova, and I have Villanova going over Florida there. If Florida hadn't lost their center once again with the injuries now, uh, their center, John Egbunu, they may have had a chance because Villanova is not exactly massive in the paint, uh, but they don't have their their top center and their top big guy, so I'm going to go with Villanova there. I have Baylor beating Duke. I'm not anywhere near the biggest Baylor fan. That's the same team that's always been down there in Baylor. Kind of dumb, kind of just athletic and big and muscular and, you know, knocking everybody out of the way and not very refined. Uh, That's the same team this year. They they got Manu LeComp jacking threes every now and then, so they've added that much. But it's basically the same team that they've always been. But the reason I have them beating Duke uh, to go to the uh, Elite Eight is because Duke all year, from what I watched, starts games against good teams very slowly. Like anyone that challenges them, anyone that dares to challenge the great Duke, they don't know how to handle it. Grayson Allen sinks into a hole and, and crawls into his own jersey and starts trying to trip people. Uh, All those freshmen that are supposed to be one and done, they don't seem to know how to get themselves going. And then they come out in the second half and sort of make those halftime adjustments because Mike Krzyzewski is very much uh, Bill Belichick-like in that respect. Uh, And they come out and make their adjustments and they have a a much better go of it in the second half. And I just think Baylor's a little too physical and too strong to just come back at will like that. Like, okay, now we're just going to come back and there's nothing you can do about it. I think Baylor will throw some elbows and and, and body slam you. And they're not going to let you just come right back on them at will. And I think in the end, Duke's going to come up just a little bit short against Baylor because it's so sad how Duke starts games against teams that are, that are actually decent. Like they don't know what to do. Like they just don't know how to react to somebody actually challenging them. Uh, So I have Baylor actually knocking them off uh, to go to the elite
1: eight. Yeah. And this is precisely why I have Villanova, Back in the final four, um, because of the two seeds, I think that Duke is the weakest one. And in that one-two matchup that you're always, you know, if you're writing a chalk bracket and you're looking at that one-two matchup, and this is what you should see in the bracket where you have the quote-unquote overall number one seed, you should have the weakest two. You should have the easiest path to the Final Four because you are the best team in the tournament, So, or so the committee thinks. And I do like Villanova here over Duke. I I could see Duke showing off some of the, you know, we've got Grayson Allen, who's the Draymond Green of college basketball. Um, Although he's he's just not going for the junk. He's just not going for, he's not down low Grayson, but he is. Exactly.
0: uh, He he doesn't have to put his body
1: parts on other guys' junk all the time. But, he, but he's definitely got that in him. And in a tough matchup like this, if they know they're going down, we could see that come out and put that nail in their coffin. So I like Villanova here to move on to the Final Four.
0: Villanova gets Baylor for me uh, for the right to go to the Final Four. Yeah, so for similar reasons. Uh, and also I'll add in that the East uh, Regional taking place in New York City. Villanova clearly. New excelling. York City? Villanova clearly excels in big moments, as we saw last year. They're going to love that New York spotlight. I also have Villanova advancing to the Final Four along with you. And we are so deep into the after show, it's not even funny. Uh, but like I said, we're just going to do it. We're not going to worry about fitting things into one
1: hour. Yeah. We finally have made Let's it to just, the Western. Uh, <laughs> Let's just remember next year just to make this like a 90-minute show or a two-hour show and just you know be done with it. That sounds like a plan to me. Uh, On to the West bracket. Any big number of seeds upsets over the little number of seeds? seeds? Uh, this bracket at the beginning, I would say no. Um, two, pretty much the same as like I had previously. And again, I believe this is a clean sweep for me. It is. I have all four nines beating eights. So I have Vandy <laughs> over Northwestern. And I have VCU over St. Mary's. And that's it. Vandy over Northwestern and
0: VCU over St. Mary's. All right. Um, I don't have many upsets myself, um, but one pretty big one um, is I struggle because I had not actually circled my my picks here because I was really going at it at the end trying to figure out exactly who I wanted to go all the way through the bracket, um, but, so I had failed to circle my actual first round pick, so I didn't know what upsets I had. Uh, so now that I've done that, I can say that I have only two myself, uh, not the same two as you though. I have Xavier as an 11 seed knocking off Maryland. Uh, Maryland has frustrated uh, anybody that's been a fan of theirs for so long, with their inconsistent play. Will Trimble can be careless with the Rock. The the whole team really doesn't seem to take care of the basketball very well. And Xavier's uh, guard help on defense is especially tough, so I have Xavier going over Maryland there. Uh, But the big one that I'm excited about, Florida Gulf Coast. Dunk City is back, and their first-round draw is Florida State. And you know they're going to be jacked up for that game. They're going to want to show Florida State, hey, we can play with you. Uh, This is taking place in Orlando. The committee knew exactly what they were doing with this. Uh, So they're going to go with with what's going to be a very emotional, jacked up, charged up matchup. And I have Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast beating Florida State. It's their chance to take down uh, an in-state major player. Probably a team that doesn't schedule them, you know, uh, before the, the real season starts in in uh, November and December. Florida Gulf Coast has probably asked Florida and Florida State in Miami, uh, "Hey, schedule us. Let's get some. Let's get a rivalry going." Let's. See. I'm I'm sure all those schools are probably sh- shaking their heads and say, "Oh no, 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 no. We we can't play you guys. We man, that's that's too dangerous. We you know we can't be risking a an early loss like that." So here's their chance to show Florida state and very inconsistent, their top star Dwayne Bacon. Uh, he can come and go. He sort of lets the game come to him. He's not all that aggressive. This is their chance to take down a, a big rival. And I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is an interesting bracket for me as it gets a little deeper, but I, yeah, i struggled with a couple of these with maryland i just went with the experience it's it seemed doesn't it it seems like milo trimble has been around for like 14 years now yeah it does so I, I just i just went with that maryland seems to move a little bit in the tournament at a time so i i did go a little bit more chalky um on this side of the bracket i I had, and I had to knock out Northwestern. What I did see of Northwestern this year <laughs> left a lot, left a lot to be desired. Um, and again, this is a team that uh, in very unfamiliar territory, considering they've never made the tournament. That, yeah, western has been around for a long time, a, a, a very long time, and you I think. You'd think that going up against a team with 15 losses in your first round, you know, if you if you have a 15-loss team in the tournament, you expect them to be like a 15-seed a or a 16-seed, um, but I very easily hear, although Vanderbilt does have quality wins on their schedule. So, Van, the so Vanderbilt, in the middle of a losing all these games, was beating <laughs> good teams. Northwestern just sort of squeaked into the tournament, so that's why it was... Even though they're, it's kind of a, a nice, it's a little feel good thing, you know. You get a team, and finally, in the first time ever in the tournament, they're not just playing in the NIT; uh, they're playing in the actual big tournament. I think they make a unceremonious exit here. Maybe Again, none of that of... matters because they get to move. The winner of that gets to move on to get annihilated by Gonzaga.
0: Maybe there's some, some karma going on up there in Chicago. You finally get the Cubs breaking through after 108 years to win the World Series, and. Then Northwestern comes around to finally make the big dance for the first time ever. Yep. So it, that's all it took was the Cubs winning a World Series. And, and like I said, everything broke down pretty much after that happened because the president, presidential election happened not that long afterwards. And the, the entire world felt like it was collapsing. And now Northwestern's in the tournament. And good Lord, anything can happen now. Jeez. So, <laughs> add,
1: add that to the list. That's what, shockingly, uh, though, the world the world's still here. Still spinning. It's still here.
0: Despite many people's best efforts, it's still here. It's still Um, here. Vanderbilt at 19 and 15. How about that for a cupcake when you do finally make it into your first? Because I'm with you. I'm just like you. The little bit I saw of Northwestern, I was like, eh, okay. They're they're nice. Kind of, you know, they're kind of nice. They didn't really blow my doors off at all. And, Uh, But Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, really? 19 and 15 Vanderbilt is a nine seed
1: and 30 and four Wichita (laughs) State is a 10 seed. What? Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt very may well be the last team that made the tournament. But they got all the way up to nine. So it's really confusing. That
0: was one of those that just kind of made you scratch your head. I'll even confess, I watched zero uh, Vanderbilt games because I didn't think they were making the tournament. I didn't watch any Vanderbilt basketball, uh, but I'm taking Northwestern in that game because they, they have decent enough shooters to take down Vandy who always seemed to – Vanderbilt is one of those teams that always seems to perform very well at home, but then any other side, neutral side or on the road, they're not nearly uh, as tough. Oklahoma State kind of reminds me of that as well. Uh, so so uh, the the Wildcats get a cupcake, and I think they, they get to have their moment in the sun and, and get that victory in the first round now uh Notre Dame and Princeton the CEO bowl uh, is a 512 uh, uh but we both
1: uh, we both went with Notre Dame we did not take the Ivy League uh, to pull off the upset there no no we did not so uh yeah like i said fairly fairly chalk at the beginning there for me basically one upset and that was that VCU so the lowest seeded team i have moving on is a 10 so i wouldn't even consider that much of an upset bracket at all
0: VCU is another team that seems to be the same every year, just strong and athletic and not exactly the the brightest bulbs in the, in the drawer, so to speak. Uh, But you got them knocking off uh, a very different team than them. St. Mary's is about as opposite for VCU as you can get.
1: Yeah. VCU is all about being scrappy. Play They they, were, they play in the defense and, you uh, just, just sort of, like you said, forcing their way into the tournament. They've been there a lot. We, we've been seeing a lot of the Virginia Commonwealth University in the uh, NCAA tournament. Saint Mary's, eh? I, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. Sometimes you just go on gut, especially if you don't know a lot about teams. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'll go with the familiarity here. Well, apparently that's not, that's not that's not that's not Shock smart anymore.
0: They've moved on. Oh, no, no. Shaka's uh, losing games down in Texas, I believe. Um, <laughs> but making a lot of money, I'm sure. That's right. St. Mary's, I, the reason I'm taking them over VCU because that's going to be slow and smart versus tough and dumb. And VCU always loses to to slow and smart, no matter what happens uh, in the regular season. When they run up against a team smarter than when they go down, and they go down quickly. So. Uh, but it, it should be still a, an interesting game because that's such a clash of different styles. Uh, so moving on uh, for the right to go to the sweet 16 Gonzaga, the one seed you kind of already gave away that you
1: have them going over Vanderbilt. Yes. Yeah. I've got all nine, all the nines advancing and all of the nines losing to the one. So <laughs> right. So I've gonna, I'm setting up a matchup here with Gonzaga and Notre Dame. I've got Notre Dame going over West Virginia. And Maryland going over Ari, uh, I'm sorry, Maryland going over Florida State, and Arizona moving on over VCU. So, Gonzaga, Notre Dame, Maryland, and Arizona in the Sweet 16.
0: Um, and I also have Gonzaga smushing uh, their opponent in the, in the round of 32. That would be Northwestern for me. Notre Dame and West Virginia, uh, Press Virginia with Bob Huggins. Bob is still sticking around, even though his defibrillator will go off every now and then, and and drop him to his <laughs> knees in front of everybody, give everybody a nice scare. Um, that, that that's that would be an interesting, very compelling game if they if, they, if those two make it uh, for the uh, for the four or five there. Um, but I'm going with uh, with West Virginia over Notre Dame. Notre Dame get got the ball taken away. By, by stronger teams a lot. is sort of like a, a bully ball situation with them. They're athletic and, and they, they get their shots and whatnot, but they, they got the ball just kind of taken from them uh, a lot, and that's the wrong team, Press Virginia, to to play against if you're not very secure with the basketball. So I'll take uh, West Virginia to move on there. Um, and then I've got uh, Xavier against Florida Gulf Coast, a completely different matchup than you in uh, in the round of 32. And that's one of my Cinderella's uh, to go on. I, I think I have another double digit seed to make the sweet 16. Yeah, Vermont, Vermont uh, in the Midwest and over here in the West. I have Florida Gulf Coast actually beating Xavier to make it to the round of 16. Xavier's big guys, they get out of position and leave the paint wide open a lot. And I don't know why they do that. But that's what I saw when I saw Xavier basketball was their big sort of looking around at each other going, I thought you had them. No, I thought you had them. So they're going to get dunked on a lot by Dunk City in Orlando. Uh, And I think Florida Gulf Coast has a nice little Cinderella story to make it to the Sweet 16. I also have Arizona in the Sweet 16, uh, as you do as well. So in the Sweet 16, out west in San Jose, California, we both have Gonzaga there. I have them against West Virginia. You have them against Notre Dame. Do You have them advancing the Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, interestingly, Gonzaga is the only one we agree on in the West. So the West is going to yeah. be one of those interesting brackets for us because outside of the number one seed in Gonzaga there, we have nothing else the same.
0: You have Arizona in um, the Sweet 16, right?
1: Oh, I do. Okay, so we have the one and the two. Well, there's a shock. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. So we do have Arizona. So we have Arizona, Gonzaga, Notre Dame, and Maryland. I actually, interestingly here, You'll be blown away by this, given my hatred of them. I have Notre Dame over Gonzaga to make it to the Elite Eight to face off against Arizona, who I have going over Maryland. So I have Notre Dame taking out the Zags um, over there, taking out Gonzaga. Did
0: you see uh, uh, much Gonzaga this year? Are they not impressing Didn't you another paper champion?
1: Yeah. I do get a little bit of a paper champion feel from them. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame's interesting because they lost a lot of games late. And that team's that that gets held against teams, even though they sort of they, they bounce back from it, but they they lost games at a bad point. You lose a lot of games early. It doesn't make a difference if you go on the big run at the end, and then you can, you know, you can move up. I think Notre Dame is actually a little bit of an underrated team in the tournament here. Um again, they're a five seed. Even though they're the number fourteen team in the country, so even you know, if we just <laughs> go by the math, again, this could be potentially more like a three or a four seed overall. It if things were just slotted the way we would expect them to be. Um, so I I think that Notre Dame Notre Dame played very strong all year. They were ranked very high. I mean, they, I I seem to remember Notre Dame like in the high single digits in the rankings before their little slide here at the end of the year. So I think this is a sneaky team here in Notre Dame. So I like Notre Dame to knock off Gonzaga. And like I said, I, yeah, you, you nailed it. I do get a little bit of a paper champion feel out of them. And uh, Arizona over Maryland. So I'm setting up the 5-2 matchup in the Elite
0: Eight. I feel a little differently about Gonzaga this year than normal. I like them a lot. Like, they have some athletes that like transferred from real schools. They have like two or three guys that, that transferred from real programs because they were behind better players and couldn't get, you know, the playing time, to decide, okay, enough of this. Uh, and they all transferred to Gonzaga at like the same time. And so they're, they're a little different breed. They're not quite as scrappy, hustly uh, paper champion guys as they normally are. They've got, a, they've got an actual sort of baller, mentality and swag to them. And, and then they're all surrounding this Polish brick shit house in the middle named Shevik Karnowski, who's like nine feet tall and six thousand pounds and, and and actually moves his feet completely doesn't look doesn't run like he looks. He looks like he should just stand there in the paint and never move, but he actually moves his feet and actually runs the court it's quite a sight to see he's like a big polish bear dancing around out there so that team is something i've always kind of all year i kind of looked at them with a with an eye raised like is that's not quite the same gonzaga that i'm used to seeing i think there's a little something different there a little something special i think they have the athletes to overcome press virginia and make it to the elite eight this year and then dunk city uh, against arizona out west in San Jose for me, and I have Arizona overcoming uh, Dunk City. I think they have the better athletes uh, uh, in that matchup, in uh, the better overall basketball players. So we both have Arizona in the Elite Eight. I have them facing Gonzaga. You have them facing Notre
1: Dame. Who gets to the
0: Final hey, Four you? out of the West
1: for you? Uh yeah, I'm going. I'm going a little uh, little oddball this year. I'm going Notre Dame in the Final Four. So ah. I've got Villanova. Villanova, Notre Dame, Louisville, and Cincinnati in the final four. It's a very eclectic mix there. I like it.
0: Not a not a whole lot of chalk. Villanova and, and some sort of different picks outside of Villanova. That's, that's, you're putting it out there. You're one sheet of integrity. Um, I am going chalk. I'm going Gonzaga to knock off Arizona in what should be a great game. I think it's finally time for Gonzaga to sort of get over the hump and make that final four. Yeah, you had Northwestern never making a tournament all these years, and you've got Gonzaga with all the love that they've always had and all the different number one and number two seeds over the years, never making it to a Final Four, always running into somebody better and getting beat. I think it's finally time this year for Gonzaga to to overcome and, and make a Final Four. So my Final Four would be one seed Villanova, one seed Gonzaga, one seed Kansas, and three seed UCLA thrown in there. But it's it's chalky. Uh, you know, you can call me a, a coward and a pigeon all you want, and that's fine. But it just those those top, like I said, those top eight or top ten teams are all so much better than all the other teams in the country this year. They're all head and shoulders above the rest. So to pick anybody out of outside of those those top ten is is like you've done. You you uh, Cincinnati was is not one of those. Typical top ten teams—they've been ranked all year, but they're not—you know—not in the upper echelon necessarily. And Notre Dame was there, but sort of fell back, like you said. So, not—not uh, not as big of a reach as some people might think, but even more of a reach than I'm willing to take because I think those top teams are just so much head and shoulders above everyone else.
1: Yeah, but that's what makes the brackets and the tournament and everything so much fun. All it takes is a—all it takes is a bad bounce. So in the final
0: four in Phoenix, uh, you are looking at uh, Villanova against Notre Dame on the on the left-hand side, who you got to get to the finals between I the Wildcats am, and, I,
1: and the Irish. I have got Villanova going back to the title game. Wow. They're, they're, we talk they're a about, hell of a team. You talk about North Carolina having the trouble of bouncing back after the way they lost. Villanova is that team that sort of can springboard off of something like that. Like, Hey, it doesn't matter. We're going to just come back and we're just going to hit the game winning shot. You know, the the long three ball at the end of the the championship game. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also think, like I said, I think they have the easiest pathway. Um, I think by virtue of getting a, a team from the West, in there that's not the strongest. And again, I'm not that crazy about Gonzaga either way. The toughest matchup for them may have been Arizona, but I'm sneaking Notre Dame in here. It almost kind of clears the pathway to the final for Villanova. And you see that sometimes. You oh, sometimes yeah. it's not so much sometimes it's not so much that a team is better. It's that everybody else has knocked everybody out of the way.
0: That's absolutely right. Uh, One could argue that they might have a path uh, all the way to the title if Louisville and Cincinnati knock all those other major teams out of the way as you're predicting them to do. So uh,
1: Louisville Cardinals and Cincinnati Bearcats for the right to get to the title game. Who's your pick there? I'm going with a final of Villanova, Louisville. All right.
0: Louisville and Rick Pitino, that very, very... uh, dangerous squad of of guys i can't pronounce half the names on that team because he's getting a bunch of guys from like the senegal and stuff now uh but boy they're they're good they're dangerous and uh they're gonna be a tough out no matter where uh so villanova and louisville is your title game i have villanova uh over gonzaga uh for the right to get to the title game i agree with you with villanova being poised and being ready to do whatever they have to do at a moment's notice to, to win games. Uh, So I'm absolutely on board with you there. And my other side has uh, Kansas against UCLA. And I'm still on my Danny Manning uh, memories uh, at Kansas. Uh, And if you don't know who that is, kids, Google Danny Manning. I'm sure we're uh, again, showing our age, but. Once upon a time, I guess a more modern example is Carmelo Anthony. I keep forgetting that he also sort of took a team on his back all the way to the championship. Uh, oh Syracuse. yeah, it was Syracuse. Although he maybe he may have had even more help than Danny Manning did, because I do remember for Syracuse Jerry McNamara hitting some big shots for for Syracuse. So it wasn't quite all Carmelo, but it was ninety nine percent Carmelo. Uh, but that's uh, I guess a more modern example. But I got Alonzo Ball. Uh, taking UCLA on his back and, and getting them over Kansas and getting all the way to the title game, um, and that's not just Lonzo. That's a little Kansas hate as well, from what I saw uh, out of Kansas this year. They showed me a little weakness when I watched them play. They're they're not they're not what uh, what they've been before. They're not much of a threat from from three. Uh, they're not deep in the in- interior. They've got like one or two big guys if they get in foul trouble they're done because they have nothing on on the bench. Uh we talked a little bit about Josh Jackson, the guy uh punching other women in the parking lot of clubs and stuff. Uh he's a hell of a player. He makes shots long and short. He makes any shot pretty much that he can he can get off. But he's a little bit of a head case. He seems like he, he can be out to lunch sometimes during games. Um and, and so I, I think they got A lot of confidence in themselves, but I don't think they're quite as good as they think they are. And I think Lonzo Ball is going to come along and sort of uh, show them what they're missing and and knock them off. So I have UCLA in the title game against Villanova.
1: Wow. So we both have Villanova. So very interesting. So it's going to come down to the other side of the bracket Um, and a lot of the little underneath stuff to see, you know, Um, how we end up doing, because we we both have um, one of our two in the championship game that we agree on. Interesting, you know. Um, I do have uh, Louisville in the final against Villanova, and this is interesting because I've bounced back and forth multiple times here between those two. I've literally sat here and looked at my bracket and clicked Villanova, clicked Louisville, clicked Villanova. (laughs) It's like, oh, who do I want in that? Who do I want? Overall, I'm actually gonna go with Louisville to win the championship this year. Um, it is hard to repeat. We don't see a lot of repeat champions. you know you would think this would be the spot. They've got that clear pathway. Um, but Louisville is big and big and strong. They're also very long. I mean this is a this is a good team. Um, good team, good record. Just uh, I mean, the number ten team in the country. It's not like that's that's anything bad. You could really shake a stick at that. So, you um, know, they're I, one I, of those upper echelon
0: teams that absolutely has, yeah. has a chance to win.
1: Yeah. So I've got that feeling. It's not major upset here. I'm going to go ahead and call Louisville as the national champion this year over Villanova. Well, I'm going to go Villanova all the way and
0: repeating as national champions, uh, knocking off Lonzo Ball and UCLA. Uh, it's gonna be something if they get beat because they, that's how well they look as a, as a unit. That's how cohesive they look is. I think any effort that knocks off the Villanova Wildcats is gonna be a massive team effort. They have so many weapons that will step up and, and do what they have to do. We, we all know about Chris Jenkins from last year nailing that three he's back josh hard makes shots when he needs to jared brunson steps up he makes plays they both make three pointers uh they they the team all just seems to mesh together and move around and do whatever whatever's needed at that moment Jay Wright has got them so well coached they just play for each other their experience they they excel under pressure uh, I can't say enough about Villanova's solid defense. Uh, I've seen teams come at them with a zone and they just fuck up another team's zone because they pass so well. There's precision passing. I talked about teams that pop the ball around, just trying to look good and play the sweet Georgia Brown. Villanova pops the ball around with the express purpose of getting the best shot because that's how they play basketball. They play for each other. They play Big-time, big-time basketball, team basketball. I was so impressed with what they did last year, and they seem to have come back this year just as good as they were last year. Uh, And I think that not having a big inside presence is going to be something that they overcome with team play. That's the only way you can overcome something like that is just playing great as a team, and I think that's what they're going to do. So I have the Wildcats repeating as national champions.
1: Well, wow, and you just don't see that much in this day and age, especially in a tournament no, it's of this really style. Hard. You know, cons- it's really you know, and hard. also considering that Villanova last year it was a mild upset that they won the whole thing to begin with.
0: That's right. Now nobody knows at the time that they have the the poise and the, and the guys that can do something like that until they actually do it. But, but that's why it was an upset because they had never they hadn't done it. They hadn't won a, a ring since back uh, when they upset Pat Ewing and the boys when we were little kids. Uh, But now that they've done it, it seems to to be that that just propelled them even more and gave them even more confidence. You're going to see something just like that when the baseball season starts. Because your Chicago Cubs doing something that nobody thought could be done coming back from down 3-1 like that, I think that's only going to propel them. I think they're only going to be better and more confident I think they think they that they can do anything now because what what the hell? Look at what they just did in October. How can you possibly tell them what they can't do when you consider what they did actually just do? So I'll, I, I'm i fine with giving away my, my baseball preview already right now. I've got the Chicago Cubs repeating as world champions this year. Who the fuck's going to beat them? Come on. That's the best team in baseball. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, I, I think yeah. you're going to see the same thing with Villanova.
1: It's, 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 I kind of get that analogy and it wasn't even so much for the, with the Cubs coming back from being down three, one, it wasn't, they could have just swept that world series. And I think that still would have been the massive springboard because they weren't just coming back from down three, one, they were coming back from 108 years of ineptitude. They were, you know, they were coming back from everything. They were coming back from from Bartman, from Leon Durham, from the Black Cat, from 69. I mean, this, this you know, from some from Babe Ruth calling his shot. They, this team was literally coming back from everything. And they didn't just have the Cleveland Indians that they had to beat. So you want to talk about You're clearing right. your mind. You want to talk about clearing your mind and clearing the decks and getting things out of the way, and then it's just smooth sailing ahead after that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't have to worry about that this year. That, that's one thing that they don't have to fight up against. They don't have the fans getting all the tight sphincters and like you saw at Wrigley in the World Series where the Cubs actually played better on the road than they played at home because all the fans were so, you know, the fans were just tight. The team was tight. The fans were tight. That team loosened up on the road, um, which which is funny because the this time it counts World Series format actually benefited them more than you would think it hurt them because they actually did get to play those game six and game seven on the road where if that game six and seven are at home, I'm not sure they win. Um, But I get your analogy. That makes sense. You're kind of getting me all fired up for baseball now. I understand
0: that they were coming back from all the history in 108 years and all that, but I think it is very, very special that To add on top of that, that they were down three games to one and said, okay, whatever, and came back from that and winning six and seven on the road and overcoming their star closer role Chapman breaking down and giving up the lead. There's so much extra that they overcame in addition to the 108 years that I feel like they're going to be like, come on, but what, what? What's going to be in our way that's going to scare us or possibly stop us after all that we just went through and overcame all yeah. of that and we still got the rings? What the what the fuck, man? Nobody can stop us.
1: I, I yeah. really think they're going to feel that way. So I, I, do, I do like Villanova to get there. And like I said, I have literally bounced back and forth and back and forth um, on this, but it won't be as much fun if you and I have the same champion. So even though, and I picked mine first. Uh, I'm not switching this because of you. I did go with Louisville. I do do like Louisville. I mean, Louisville, I like Cincinnati too. I actually struggled with that Final Four matchup uh, quite a bit. Did not struggle as much with the Villanova-Notre Dame matchup. I like Notre Dame. That's a nice little story, but that ends at Villanova. But that Louisville-Cincinnati matchup, um, I've really got this. uh, The best thing that might be able to happen for me is just get Cincinnati, that Cincinnati just loses their first game. Because then I can just be like, you know, love of that love affair with Cincinnati can just be over with, and I can worry about Louisville. Um, but I did struggle with that Louisville Cincinnati matchup too.
0: Yeah, it's uh, if you're that much of a fan of the Bearcats to pick that defense to make it all the way that far, then it's hard not to sort of keep keep it going, and you know, because if at some point you get to thinking, well, is anyone going to stop them? If they're going to knock off all these other great teams, North Carolina and all of them. Who who am I going to pick to beat them, if anybody? And so, yeah, I can see
1: uh, why you w- were tempted to go all the way with them. Yeah, but that's uh, sometimes that's just familiarity. Sometimes that's just a team that I've seen a little bit more of, or I've happened to catch highlights of them more. But, uh, yeah, just a couple of teams there with Louisville and Cincinnati that I really liked what I saw. Um, and I'm, I'm going on Notre Dame more on their early season run than their late season run. Cause they did hit a little rough patch there. I
0: wrote your picks uh, in red next to mine in blue, just to sort of get a feel for our, our, our regions and how different we are. And our Midwest region is going to be a brawl because we're disagreeing on almost all of those games. Um, uh, obviously that right side is going to be crazy because we have different teams coming out of, uh, uh each, uh, each region, uh, whereas the left side with we both have Villanova. So that, that looks relatively cleaner. Um, but there's still a lot of, there's still a lot going on over there as well, especially down there in the West. Um, so yeah, this is, this is going to be, uh, uh, this isn't going to be decided, uh, early, I don't believe. Because uh, I think last year you you pretty much had me done uh, in the first day because I had like two final four teams get beat in the first round. I know I had Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I either had them in the title game or winning at all. I don't even remember. And they lost in the first fucking round. And I was pretty much done at that point. <laughs> I was I was Brady Quinn done after the first day, uh, which is uh, a, a nice little companion to go along with that one day a couple of years ago. Uh, where I had a perfect day, the first day of the tournament, and I'm still chasing that. I'm still thinking that one day, yeah. one of these days, I'm going to have another uh, perfect day, and I'm going to actually uh, be at the top of all the leaderboards and trying to win a million dollars for a perfect bracket, and Warren Buffett's going to be coming to my house and all of that stuff. I still have those dreams of grandeur like that, because that that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me awake at night.
1: Yeah, well, and last year you conceded fairly early um, because I know it ended up getting tighter because, you know, of stuff. But you conceded after the first weekend last year, not just because your final four teams were getting knocked off, but because I was calling the shots that your final four teams were getting knocked off. (laughs) I remember that very distinctly. I was just shitting all over your final four picks last year (laughs) in the first weekend. Like you had teams going all the way to the final four and I'm just like, nah, I've got them losing in the no. first round. And you're like, come on.
0: Yeah. I remember it. Cause we were, it was the, the yeah. big brawls. It was like either I got a team going to the final four that stays alive and it gets on the road, gets ready to go, or they get knocked off and you get an upset pick and my team gets killed and and you're on your way uh, to with, with your upsets and, It it happened, a a couple of those really big upsets like that. So I don't think we have that this year. I think, uh, yeah, you don't have Kansas uh, getting beaten. uh,
1: Neither one of us is really shitting uh, all over each other's Final Four teams. In fact, neither one of us seems to hate each other's Final Four teams. Uh, We don't have the same Final Four teams, but I think in every case, it's been like, you haven't sat here and gone, oh, you have them, you know.
0: You know, I think the closest this year is going to be uh, in the round of 32. If Cincinnati plays UCLA, uh, if, if they can knock off Lonzo Ball, yeah. that will be a, a huge one because I have UCLA in the title game and you have Cincinnati uh, in the final four. So that, that, but it's not the opening weekend at least. So it's not quite last year, but that's still a very, very big game right there. That's that's the uh, that's the ground zero game. Is if Cincinnati and UCLA wind up meeting in the round of 32. So that's the one to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah. But other other than that, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of craziness. I mean, we have some craziness in the interior of the brackets. A lot of those upsets, you know, and and I know what the point scoring, the upsets can, uh, can really help us out. (laughs) You know, if if one of us can really pull off the big upsets, I've got a couple of, uh, we've got one bracket where you're upset heavy at the, at the top of the bracket, and I'm upset heavy at the bottom of the bracket. So, you know, you've got Nevada, Vermont, where I have Rhode Island and Iona. Um, Yeah, that's that that Midwest bracket where it's really upside down for both of us, yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah, show. I mean, this is always a fun show. You know, I always always try to undersell a little bit, make you think I don't know anything that I'm about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then you break out stats here and there and and let me know that you're a lot more on top than than I was thinking. Kind of like the
1: football season. Yeah. Sometimes you just think I'm not paying attention. I'm paying attention, just in my own my own way. Uh, looks like we got about uh, 15 minutes here. Um any, Anything on your mind? Would you would you like to eulogize Jay Cutler, or would you like to save that for another show?
0: I kind of have, have talked about him so much uh, on the show throughout the years. There's just the fact that. Uh, By the numbers, uh, that's the best quarterback in the history of the Chicago Bears. And a lot of people just couldn't stand him because he made so many mistakes. And while I get that, it's always frustrating to watch uh, your star quarterback throw chance after chance after chance away with bad mistakes and and bad footwork and everything else. Uh, I'd never really subscribe to the Cutler hate. I never got down with the people that just wanted him gone just to be gone. I obviously didn't get down with the people that thought that Caleb Haney or Brian Hoyer or Jake McCrown were better choices at quarterback throughout the years than Jay Cutler. None of those three guys were as good as Jay Cutler. No matter how much you hated Jay Cutler, those three combined weren't as good as Jay Cutler. And it's just nothing you can say or do to change that. It's just the way it is. Was he perfect? No. Was he good enough to get them where they needed to be. No. Did he always have the best surrounding cast and, and best people to, to help him get there? No, but he did what he could. Uh He he didn't really have the, the fire and the passion and everybody wished he did. That was another big problem playing in Chicago. And uh he didn't, you know, throw his helmet and throw yeah. tantrums uh, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers.
1: He was walking in the mall.
0: He was walking, I saw in the ball, him walking up the stairs of the restaurant. He wasn't that hurt, you know, torn ligaments in his knee. But uh, because he could walk to, to dinner later on, that obviously that meant that he wasn't tough enough and really ignorant shit like that. So uh, he was a very compelling uh, player because he brought out the sort of the. The, the worst in in a sports community and it could happen anywhere it's not just Chicago uh, it, wherever he played if he was the big acquisition the best quarterback in the in franchise history the, the guy that's supposed to take them whatever that franchise is to the promised land and he couldn't get over the hump he couldn't beat the the hated rival in town the Packers in this case Um it, Anybody in that situation would be sort of vilified and would sort of bring out the worst and the the, the worst of the fan base, uh, the worst feelings, the worst comments, the worst sports opinions, the worst sports talk about him. Uh, it, it wasn't all that unique. It felt like it was unique because it was Chicago, but I don't think it was all that unique. It was just a sort of a perfect confluence of circumstances of a guy who was really good, but not quite good enough. Uh, coming to a city that thinks it's really great, but sometimes is not quite as good as it thinks it is Uh, to a franchise that thinks it's really great. And the ownership thinks it's really great, but they're not nearly as good as they think they are. Uh, And when that failure just sort of happens, it it, it all comes crashing down and it makes you feel very lousy and it it sort of brings out the worst in you. And, And so I, I, understand that from a human nature standpoint but i really tried to be smarter about it and be above the fray and really look at it for what it was and recognize that for all of his flaws and there were plenty of them jay culler was the best quarterback in the history of the bears and i'm still not mad or upset that they made the trade to 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 acquire him and i'm not going to think of the Jay Cutler era as some big negative. They got to a conference title game. They made the playoffs. Uh, they had a nice run. They, they came up short, but they had a nice run. They tried. Jay Cutler tried just because he doesn't look like he tried because you don't like his face or whatever. doesn't mean anything. He still tried and he failed. And, and and that's the end of that. And I think that the the caliber of quarterback, that's going to be much lower than what Jay Cutler did in the next several years. And, and, it's so funny that his immediate replacement is going to be uh, someone that I've long said on this show is not nearly uh, the, the the prospect or the talent that many people think he is, Mike fucking Glennon. Um, that's a perfect replacement for Jay Cutler because you want a Cutler gone so bad? Here you go. Here's your replacement, yeah. Mike Glennon. Enjoy.
1: What, what have we always said every time Jay Cutler got hurt or every time... Something happened because he, he he only ever got played because He's of the injury. Out. Here you go. That's right. You want you you wanted that guy. You wanted the backup. Here you go. You get sometimes you do get what you wish for. All these bear fans, they are getting what they wished for. Um, there amazing article I was reading on uh, it was either CBS Sports or CBS Sports Line or whatever it is called now. Right after Jay Cutler um, was cut, right after he was gone basically saying exactly what we've been saying all this time and it was just interesting to see it in print that there's somebody else out there who gets it that is that he was the best quarterback he was misunderstood and maligned for his whole career in the Bears but he was without a doubt even close. this isn't even close the best quarterback okay. in the history of the Chicago Bears didn't it didn't okay. get them the results that they wanted. Not even close. Didn't get them the results that they wanted, but as a pure passer, um, athletically, everything, I mean, there was uh, even, as you went farther down this article, there were um, highlights interspersed throughout this article that basically showed off just how, like, sneaky good Jay Cutler was with that team where he was, you know, he was under constant harassment. He was getting sacked like, like you wouldn't believe, like nobody's business. He was always under fire and how he wasn't the most athletic guy on the team. He's definitely not the most athletic quarterback in the league, but he, could, he was a very uh, savvy guy in the pocket to move around and get out of trouble. Um, and also just how incredible that arm strength was that he was making positive plays with receivers who really weren't that good um, firing that thing in there. And and just basically this whole article just talked about how unappreciated and underappreciated Jay Cutler was. And you know, I'm not a big cutler guy. I'm not a big bear fan at all. But you have to appreciate what you're seeing. You have to you know, you have to you know, for what we try to do, you're a bear fan, obviously, but I'm not. I still do try to look at things objectively. And uh, we always talked, we, we, we always sort of tongue in cheeked about it with like, hey, you're gonna get what you wish for, here you go, you know but now it's true. You know, the bears are coming off the worst season in franchise history. They think it's going to be dramatically better with Mike Glennon. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not a a Bears fan, but as last somebody last place, this is last place. (laughs) Tell me the bears are everywhere (laughs) other than last place again.
0: I, I think they're trying to now at this point, I think they're sort of rebuilding. Um, you know, letting all shot Jeffrey go. And I don't know who their uh, receiver is going to be. The top receiver might be, you know, Cameron Meredith or whatever his name is. I don't know. Oh. Uh, you, you're not a bears fan, but what you are is, as a host of a show where you're picking every game against the spread every week is someone who has yeah. to be objective and has to see things clearly for what they really are. Not for what your fandom says it is. Uh, so any clear headed person, has to see that Jay Culler was a professional quarterback and, and one of the you know twelve or fourteen best quarterbacks in the league for pretty much his entire career and that's not a world champion and that's not a, a hall of famer it's not terrible it's, that's not the, the the hate that everyone rained down on him for all these years. It wasn't it didn't deserve that. It wasn't he wasn't the greatest but he was the, the the best the Bears have ever had, and he wasn't bad. That's the thing. He was not bad at football. He made some really, really terrible mistakes, mental mistakes and physical, at very killer times. But he wasn't a bad football player. Mike Glennon, from what I've seen in his career, is a bad football player. Yeah. If you want to see bad football, yeah. you're about to see bad football. And, and everyone that rooted for color to be gone, you're going to get
1: what you deserve in the next few years. I hate to say this, but did the Bears just get Brock osweiler here? Yes.
0: Now, I don't think they're going to be uh, I guess uh, in, enough of a, of a big person to admit their mistake and trade him after one year like Houston did. Uh, but yeah, they gave a lot of money to a guy who's not worth a lot of money. They gave starting quarterback money to a guy who isn't good enough to be a starting quarterback, to a guy who lost his job to a rookie number one overall pick. And Jameis Winston has been pretty good. But if Mike Glennon was all that, I don't think he would have been able to be overtaken by Jameis Winston before Jameis Winston ever played a football game. You know, this isn't yeah, Andrew unless- Luck. This isn't, uh you know. No. Peyton Manning, we're talking about. This is Jameis Winston, and he dropped his job to Jameis without any fight whatsoever, and, and just been sitting there holding a clipboard. And, and I don't know where all this love for him came from, anyway, from Mike Glennon. Out of nowhere, it seemed this off season. Like, why was why was everyone so hot and heavy for Mike Glennon anyway? He's Mike
1: Glennon. Well, and let's just be clear: Houston did not trade Brock Osweiler. They basically paid the Cleveland Browns to take Brock Osweiler. Pretty much. Houston traded Osweiler and I believe a fourth round pick for a number for a second round pick. So they basically gave up more than what they got back in that in, in that deal. Cleveland actually gets a second round pick and Brock Osweiler and a seven and Houston basically just got a fourth round pick. They were so desperate to offload Osweiler. They basically paid Cleveland because Cleveland had the cap space to eat his salary and Houston just wanted him off the books. Just get out. Amazing. Just amazing when I when I saw that that, that I've I've never seen in the NFL a team straight up give more than they got. And we've seen, but I mean where the teams sending the play, we've always seen teams give more than they get and back and forth, but I mean where it's just obvious where it's just like, we want this guy gone so bad. We're just going to call up the team that has the most cap space and just make them an offer that they can't refuse to just take this guy off our hands. And Cleveland was more than happy to oblige.
0: Yeah. Like, can we give you uh, a pick with Osweiler in order to for you to take him? Well, how high? Uh, can we give you a third? Nah, that's nah, 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 not high enough. Oh, um,
1: yeah. You all must right, not take our really it. Yeah.
0: yeah, you won't, yeah. you don't you want to really.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll give you your two. God damn it. Ah.
1: Yeah. And I just had to sneak this in here because I'm sneaking through the news tonight and. We want to talk about a back page or, you know, you know, the back of the paper uh, article that sneaks in there, just tells you something that you should know about the way things are in our country in today's day and age. A country that makes uh, a country, a company that makes vibrators, sex toys, is being forced to pay their customers millions of dollars. Do you know why? I do not. This was a web-enabled app-driven sex toy. Like you could download the app, you know, and and set like your, like you know, set it to vibrate or set it to pulse or God knows what, do whatever. This company was being, uh, yeah. This company was tracking the users' uh, oh no (laughs) use of their sex toy. So Uh even there, nothing is safe. You got Samsung TVs. You don't watch TV. TV watches you. Um. Now, now you've got people that make vibrators tracking your. Why would first of all, why would you ever buy a, a an app enabled vibrator? Well, you too lazy to, to to use it the way you're supposed to use it. And oh my god.
0: But no that's perfect for for this uh, culture you can't yeah. just walk you can't you can't just get out and walk more you have to buy an app to see how many steps you're taking throughout the day and, and Tony Cor complains about that a lot too if you want to walk more walk more uh, but no we just have, we have to buy an app to see how much more we're walking so yeah now we got to buy an app to see how much we're using our, our body parts and and our lady parts and uh, but what yeah. I want to know is what the company would do with that data. If you know that I'm using this thing <sighs> 10 times a day or what have you, what, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to send me in the mail to, uh, for your frequent user, for your frequent flyer? Do we do? do I get an extra uh, gift certificate? Do I get uh, an extra special toy in the mail for, for this information that I'm one of your better users and I'm one of your frequent users? What do I get for that? Because I don't know what you do with that data. That's what I yeah. wonder.
1: Yeah, that's with a lot of this stuff. I always struggle with what the end game is. And I don't know in this case, but they got caught doing it.
0: End game in, in more ways than one.
1: Oh, oh no. I see what you did there. Yeah, sorry.
0: Uh, he is Jay. I'm Dre. This is in much less detail, the podcast. Hey, hey! This has been Kings of Non sequitur. This has been your March Badness preview. Our next show is scheduled to be in a couple of weeks, the WrestleMania preview that's coming up sooner than you think, uh, and our baseball preview not very long after that. Uh, And we will see you in a couple of weeks for all of that great action. Everybody have a great tournament. I know I'll have a lot of fun watching college basketball. Keep up with our brackets